0: Wednesday everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida.
2: And I'm Jamie Jennings and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 30th episode 2901. The road to 3000 has officially begun. This t- episode today is sponsored by Stateline Tech. Good morning horse people. It's Wednesday morning. That means Jamie and Glenn are back to talk horses with all of you.
0: Well, let's be honest. Jamie talks horses. Glenn is just here to
2: hassle Jamie. Enjoy the show. All right. So it marks day three of the Will Smith, Chris Rock gate. Uh, Will Smith still part's is not. the
0: memes. <laughs> that's the
2: Will Smith still at this point has not been arrested for assault. <laughs> Shockingly. Um, however, there is another Will Smith, who is really suffering, oh, really, really? <laughs> suffering over this whole thing. Apparently, there's a Maryland. Uh, let's see, what does he do from Maryland? He is a senator, a Democratic senator named Will Smith. Oh, no, Maryland. <laughs> oh, my God. That poor guy, he has gotten so many horrible tweets no. and messages <laughs> from people. <laughs>
0: He is never going to get reelected. <laughs>
2: oh, this poor, this poor guy! Apparently, his Twitter is just lighting up with people attacking him. <clears throat> I've got some. Uh, I've got some tweets that have been sent to him. He, he is at Will C. Smith Jr. So people are just typing in Will Smith and like clicking on yeah. whatever. Now, if you can't imagine this, like how many people have tweeted to Will Smith, the guy who. Assaulted some actual guy and went to, <laughs> then got an Oscar standing ovation and then went to a party and danced the night away, you know, whatever. Um, anyway, so the tweets for this guy, uh, I, I'm not gonna give any of the names, but you did Chris Rock dirty, bro. <laughs> one tweet, another tweet, tweet, why'd you hit Chris Rock B, <laughs> but not the B. Uh, another one. I I just I don't do Twitter. I don't tweet. So the fact that everything is super misspelled and like, you know, text tweets like you is the letter u, uh brother is bro. Uh this one is bro. Why you slap Chris Rock? <laughs> He's a senator. He's a senator. And so for my favorite one, is from a conservative because his name is ends in servitive. Uh, it says, (laughs) thanks. I was watching that with my friends and my entire family. Now, remember, this tweet is going to ascend. Well, first
0: of all, I'm shocked there was an entire family watching the Oscars anymore. But go ahead. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Thanks. I was watching that with my friends and my entire family. I threw my remote at my TV so my five-year-old daughter wouldn't see your violent behavior. My 70-inch TV fell and shattered and ruined my Oscar party and now everyone is crying and screaming and my wife left with the kids
0: (laughs) okay now let me get this straight so the guy's (laughs) complaining about violence on tv yet he gets violent and throws his remote at the tv
2: uh, yeah, it would seem yeah. like that, and then his wife got so mad, she <laughs> up and packed her bags, took the kids, and left the house. So, Mister <laughs> Raven conservative is tweeting to the a senator of Maryland. Talking about his problems. Now, these are not people that live in Maryland. They're people from all over the country that just taped in Chris R- or Will Smith and are sending that tweet. So I can't even imagine the tweets that poor, uh, the, the real Will Smith is getting. <laughs> but that's just a snapshot of life of social media. People, please, let's. Just behave. All right. Anyway, we have got a great show for you today, hopefully. Um, and our daily dose health report, Dr. Rachel Gardner speaks to us about biosecurity, equine related Guinness world records part two. I'm excited because I wasn't here for part one. And, uh, there's an equestrian networking event at equine affair and yours truly gives you a training tip on horses spooking and getting out of work. We had a question about whips, so we will have that coming up. And oh. what's in the post show?
0: Sposho, I'm gonna ask you a moral question.
2: I don't have any morals. <laughs> <laughs> well
0: that could talking, be a good answer though. We'll find about? <laughs> out. <laughs> and it doesn't involve Will Smith. Let's just put it that way. It's something <laughs> actually that happened to one of our listeners who will who remain unnamed, but I wanted to know what you would do because it was an interesting question.
2: Okay, so it's a, a, a it's a it's a what would you do kind of question. Yeah,
0: it's one of those. And uh, she got some interesting answers. So I just I just Interested to talk about it. Plus, we always talk about TV on Wednesday. I have a new show I've been watching I want to tell you about. So, okay. we'll talk about that too.
3: Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Happy, happy birthday
0: to you. <laughs> well, I have two Auditor birthdays today Paula Hansford and Sarah Gross. Happy birthday to both of you.
2: All right, y'all, we were talking on, I think, Friday, the show, I had somebody coming to look at one of the more difficult horses I've had to adopt. He's very spooky. His name is criminal. Everything is ter- is scary until you kind of prove to him that it's not scary, but he's one of the most head shy, like fearful of humans in close proximity, you know, like the kind of horse that we talked about on the show on Monday. Very scared. He also cribs. And he he's kind of a hot mess. To be fair, um, dude, he got adopted. I'm really? so excited. Yes, I know, I mean, of all the ones, this woman comes out to see him, and with with criminal, you have to be very quiet and smooth and slow around him because he gets scared. This woman comes and she gets out of the car and she walks over. By the way, she drives a black beetle. Okay, so like obviously <laughs> you we're in already. Yeah, I was in already. But she has this super quiet demeanor and she's really quiet and really slow and just very, just a very quiet person. And I was like, dude, this person is perfect for this horse. I hope it works out, you know. And we ride him and she's just kind of like talking to him. And I hear, do you want to come home, buddy? Could Be friends. We can be friends. And, we you know, she was like, we can do what you want to do and we can just hang out. And I'm like, oh, my God, please take this horse. <laughs> This is so perfect. And she did. So she's picking him up today. I'm so excited because like I said, there's a right horse for the right person and a right person for each horse. It's just getting the match made. It's like, it's like dating, you know, <laughs> like, like somebody came out the other day to see some, one of the horses. And I was like, yeah, I just, that's not the right horse for you. You know, I, I'm very honest. And I was just like, oh, please, 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 please. And she adopted them, So she and her Yay. husband are knock on wood coming to pick him up today so should be great anyway I'm That's really the one
0: excited. you were most worried about too finding the home for us, so
2: yeah I just you know the the one that came with him mega honor is this gorgeous 16 three hand you know beautiful bay horse who moves like a 10 mover you know he's very out of shape and all that but a diamond in the rough for sure and I was like oh this one's gonna be gone in five minutes and he was and this one I was like you're gonna be here a while, buddy. <laughs> 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 we need to we need to make friends. But I've worked really hard with him and getting him braver and took him on trails and everything. And he's the one I long lined over the cross country jump and he like pinged over it, like awesome. So, uh, but he's really difficult in other places. And she just totally understood. I told her everything. She's like, okay, that's cool. Okay, great, perfect. It was awesome. I'm really excited. So Yay. hopefully today they're supposed to come get him. Hopefully he loads like a, like he did on the way here and everything should be fine.
0: Jamie's matchmaking service.
2: I know. It's like more fun than matchmaking your friends with boys because that never works <laughs> that out. That
0: never works out. That's right.
2: And so this is great. Blind
0: dates with you tend to work out with your horses. But, oh.
2: Exactly. Well, I, can, I can set up a horse and a person easy. But the boys and girls,
0: No. Speaking of meeting people, we have a couple of meetups to talk about. We're going to get some help with that. Mandy Flanders is of the Lead Line podcast here on the Horse Radio Network. She's also co-hosted with me, I think, on this show when Jamie was out once. And she's been coming on our shows as a guest for years and years and years. Well, she's doing a meetup at uh, Equine Affair, and Jamie's doing one. So let's get Mandy on to talk about that. Hi, Mandy. Thanks for joining us this morning to talk about your adventures in Ohio, right?
4: Yeah, next people, week. I can't believe it's coming up so soon. I, the,
2: the, the word adventures and Ohio to me in my mind, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't go together. So I, I need to hear these details. I used to live in Ohio, people. I can talk trash about it. It was horrible. But anyway, uh, how does how does adventure
4: and Ohio go together? Well, I think Glenn was being generous with his words.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was to I make, trying to make it sound an... exciting, Mandy. I was trying to help you out here. We're going to Ohio!
4: <laughs> I guess it, it will be a bit of an adventure because I'm driving. My husband and I are driving and it'll be a 10-hour drive from where we are in upstate New York to oh. where we're going in Ohio. So I guess that uh, that could be considered an adventure. Yes, I've yes. also
2: made that drive and it is definitely an adventure. Definitely.
0: (laughs) So you're doing a meetup at Equine Affair, which is next week already. Uh, And, of course, Equine Affair is huge in Ohio. It's a a big event. Uh, And as far as I know, this is the only uh, meetup that will have uh, Horse Radio Network people there. So tell us about it.
4: Yeah. So I hosted the first meetup with the Leadline podcast last November at Equine Affair in Massachusetts. And it was essentially kind of a test run to see if people wanted to come to something like that. So it was uh, it was really a networking event for equestrian entrepreneurs and horse industry professionals. It went so great that they said, why don't you do this in Ohio too? So i been planning, working really hard to get this put together for Ohio. And I go to Equina Fair in Massachusetts really like every couple of years, except for when there was a gap with COVID. I I attend pretty regularly in Massachusetts, but I haven't been to the Ohio event. I just realized last night from my Facebook memories in 12 years. So it's going to be really cool to go back and see everybody at Ohio and see that venue and see how it differs a little bit from the Massachusetts event
0: well it is still shopping galore i can tell you that it's it's, it's still huge we used to work ecoin affair when we were uh, with bit of britain we used to go over to ecoin affair in ohio and it's a lot of fun so tell us what when is the event and who's invited and what's what's happening
4: yeah so it'll be on friday evening on april 8th so Equana Fair is a four day event. It's Thursday through Sunday. So on Friday evening, we're going to be getting together and the event will start at five PM. It'll go until six thirty. And you can get tickets in advance. They are separate of the Equana Fair tickets. And you know why I do that? It's because I have food and goodies in there. And if I told everybody they could come for free, yeah, there would be have no have a food thousand left. people there. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a small cover charge just to access the the private networking event, but anybody can come. You can get tickets in advance online at theleadlinepodcast.com slash Columbus, or you can just pay $10 at the door if you aren't sure if you can get there and you don't want to do advance tickets. You can just show up. That's fine, too.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that because there's a podcasting event here in Tampa once a month uh, for podcasters and he's always charged $10 and he did it for the same reason. He did it just because he figured you're serious if you're going to spend, you know, $10 to get there say hi. Exactly. Yeah.
4: Well, you know what? I have to admit, I ordered some really cool cupcakes for the event. They're equestrian-themed cupcakes. <laughs> and those darn cupcakes are like five bucks each. So, Yeah, why are I'm cupcakes like, you
0: know so expensive now?
4: <laughs> They're so fancy. They're so fancy. But I had to have them once I saw the picture. I had to have the cupcakes <laughs> for my event. And I said, I can't do it for free because everybody's going to bring their families and those cupcakes are going to be gone so fast
0: if I do that. <laughs> so $10 gets you two cupcakes. You can come and have two cupcakes at the Equinifair. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Well, that's great. So where do people go again?
4: So the leadline dot com slash Columbus. That'll have all of the details you need in regards to the meetup time, the location, and everything. And or they can just reach out to me directly on social media or by email if they want directions. But we'll have a um have a conference room that i'm renting in one of the buildings there so all of the details are on the ticket page and like i said you can do it in advance or you can just show up at the door and we will have swag bags door prizes i've got a fun photo booth we're going to be doing so there's definitely going to be some fun stuff in there
0: and you the other day messaged me privately and said i'm so 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 excited you were so excited how many episodes do you have at the Leadline podcast now
4: I have 29 out. We're going to release 30 next week. And I just realized, too, I've been doing this for a year. I started last March.
0: There you go. Well, congratulations. You've made it longer than 99.9% of other podcasters. Um, But you were so excited because you have a guest that you've dreamed about having on. And that's coming up, right? It
4: is. That's going to be next week. That's that's episode 30. (laughs) Do we get to know who it is? Yeah, I actually did a little teaser post last night and I I did it because I love to put those little teaser posts so people know what is coming on the podcast. So the guest that will be on next week is Warwick Schiller. Nice. And why was he your dream guest? You know, I've been following what Warwick has been doing for a really long time, and he has just like really dominated the online space in terms of how he has built such a really good community around his brand. And he's got such a great online library that I really haven't found anyone else. Maybe you guys have seen other people doing this, but I haven't found a lot of trainers who have really mastered getting their content out online for people that want to learn from home. And I've really just admired that and how he was able to put all of that together. And he tells me in the podcast how it was really accidental, how that all happened. But I really admired how he's done that. So I was excited to have him on the show.
0: Terrific. And, you know, he, he went viral a little bit in the auditor room the other day with a post he did. Fantastic.
4: Oh, my God. I saw that. I saw his comment before it went in the auditor room. I was dying. It was so funny.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think we can talk about it right now. But 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 you become an auditor and you'll see what we're talking about because it was pretty good. <laughs> Mandy, I want you to hold on. We're, we're going to do a segment here I'd love you to be part of. But, uh, Jamie, first, what's the meetup at Land Rover now?
2: <clears throat> All right. Well, you know, uh, let's see. I'm trying to find it. We are going to – it's Friday, April 29th. We are going to meet up at new vocations. They're having their fifth annual open barn and barbecue. So it's it's a fundraiser, you know, so then you got the added bonus of that. The tickets are 30 bucks, I think. And so you go and you get your ticket, get, includes two drinks. You get to walk around, see all the beautiful horses that are available for adoption, add new vocations, see their barn, their arena, their whole setup. And I think Rosie Napravnik is doing a demo afterwards. It's like a whole night. So go to horseadoption.com and look under events and and you can see the information about the 2022 New Vocations Open Barn and Barbecue. I think they're going to have food trucks there for purchase as well. But usually there's like dancing and drinks and then the demos and everything. So it should be fun. So I'm going to be there. So if anybody wants to meet up while we're at Land Rover, come on out, get a ticket. It's going to be fun. Go see a bunch of thoroughbreds that are for adoption and, and you know, take one home. Didn't we do that pre-COVID?
0: We did that once pre-COVID. Joy yeah, was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: We did. So I'm yep. going to go back again. I, I, I think they're doing food trucks this time instead of, because, oh my gosh, I can't imagine how much it costs to feed all those people. And it's a well, tell you.
0: So, <laughs> It's $5 yeah. a cupcake.
2: $5 <laughs> a cupcake, y'all. They <laughs> <laughs> said they're going to have food trucks and anniversary cake, drinks, games, live music. You can tour the facility, watch live demos, meet the adoptable horses. Rosie Napravnik is going to talk about restarting off the track thoroughbreds from the ground. And of course, there's a the silent auction, which I've already registered for. <laughs> so definitely go do that at horseadoption.com and you can click, look under the events tab.
0: All right. Very good. Well, guys, I to, we're going to play a little game here. So when Jamie was out one time, I, I just came across a world record that involved a horse and it got me curious. And I went to Guinness World Records website and I typed in horse. There are 450 world records that involve horses.
2: And I don't have any of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I mean, a, lot, a lot of them are racing-related. So I kind of took a lot of those out and looked for the weird, stupid ones. And there's a lot of weird, stupid ones. So this is part two of Guinness World Records. Uh, and so I'll have you guess some of these, and others I'll just tell you about them because there's not a lot of guessing. So uh, so there was a horse in Turkmenistan. Did I say that right? Turkmenistan? Yes. There was a horse in Turkmenistan by the name of Akan. Akan. And any guesses on how fast Akan was able to walk a t- 10 meters, which is 30 feet on his hind legs? Uh, I have no idea. So he
2: would rear up and walk, <laughs> walk forward on 30 his hind legs. feet
0: on his hind legs without, without dropping.
2: And I'm supposed to guess how fast yeah, he did it? He did. I don't know. In 15 seconds. Four
0: seconds.
4: Oh, wow, that sucker runs. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I don't know why. I was thinking of, like, miles per hour. I was like, how many miles per hour was he walking?
0: (laughs) My guess is he just wanted to put his front feet down, and he went as far as he could as fast as he could to get that done. So that was my guess. Uh, What year was this? It was in 2018. And oh, wow. uh, I stole the picture from Guinness, so I'll post that in the show notes. You can see the picture of it, of, of this big white horse. Screw picture.
4: I want a video. <laughs> that's all
0: yeah, I, have I was going to say, picture. the picture's not going to do us
4: anything.
2: <laughs> He's running like a T-Rex or something, you know? <laughs> like,
0: up and go, buddy! Here's another world record that's pretty odd. Uh, Samantha Cavanaugh and Melissa Archer. Do you know the horse costumes that one person's in the front and the other person's in the back You seen those? Mm -hmm. Well, they hold the world record for a hundred meter run in the horse costume. So they, they, I, you don't have to guess this one. They did the entire race in eighteen seconds in the horse costume. So
2: Uh, uh, it's confusing me because that this is what I think about when you talk about the last one and this one were they beating somebody's record or were there other people well, competing against them were they like there were other watch people this?
0: competing in horse costumes apparently it was a race at at, uh, at a for a fundraiser at a school and they had the guinness people there and it was in 2005 and they did it in 18 seconds they did 100 uh, meters in 18 seconds
2: do you think the guinness person <laughs> is like i cannot believe i'm standing here <laughs> on <the> sidelines <laughs> <and laughs> stupid <laughs> race where people are like pretend to be horse butts and they're like bending over running i've I mean, the, the, why couldn't I get the cool cliff jumping one that I could look at? <laughs> oh, Something awesome.
0: We get stupider. Um, the record for the uh, this one I'll have you guess the record for consecutive somersaults on horseback.
2: I don't even know what that looks like. Is it like <laughs> yeah. a like a vaulting thing? Is yeah, a horse it's doing somersaults?
0: A somersault? Yeah, just so doing somersaults on a horse on a horse. Yeah. I don't know, 30. You were close, <laughs> you're yeah, close. I was going to say three. By the way, this record was in the Spalding and Rogers Circus in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in 1856. Now, what Guinness person was around back then watching, I don't know, but it was 23. So he did 23 somersaults.
2: Who? Don't oh. you run on a horse? when you do a somersault and turn <laughs> well, around you, you going seen the other the,
0: way? Have you seen the people can do the somersaults pretty much staying still? They they never, They don't move forward. That's...
2: No, I haven't seen those people.
0: (laughs) We don't hang out. (laughs) (laughs) How about the most mounts and dismounts from a moving horse in one minute? Oh, the Cossacks probably do that. Well, I think you might be right because this was well, it was in Italy in 2012.
2: In one minute.
0: In one minute. How many mounts and dismounts from a moving horse? A moving horse. Okay, it was probably a vaulter, I would think.
4: Yeah, it would have to be uh, 15.
0: Mandy, I'll say 25 just to have a guess. <laughs> 32. It's wow.
2: more than one mountain dismount a second. Yeah, That's
0: insane. I mean, it takes it takes uh, some of us that are a little older now a minute just to get on the horse. So, I mean, <laughs> it's <laughs> longer <good>. than that. <laughs>
4: I have a lot of questions, too. Like, what kind of saddle was it? Was I don't have a
0: answers saddle? to like, your questions. <laughs> I, just, I have a lot of questions. There weren't there a lot of answers in the Guinness book.
2: <laughs> like, were they in, like, a round pin cantering? Was he loose? Was he okay. in a field? Did Guinness he have handles does on the provide, saddle? not provide.
0: They don't view that as all that is important. There's <laughs> a lot
2: of variables here. <laughs> right? Thank you, Mandy.
0: <laughs> the highest jump while Roman riding Who
2: the heck would do that?
0: (laughs) It was in the UK in 2015. A guy by the name of Ben Atkinson, and he set the official record at the Royal Armories in Leeds, UK.
2: If it's a Guinness book of, it's a Guinness record. It must be impressive. So I'm going to go. Wasn't
0: as impressive as you would think.
2: Okay, so then I'd say like three foot.
0: You're right. Three foot six inches. And you know when you consider the what's the world record for jumping? It's like eight feet, isn't it, or something like that? Seven, it's yeah, seven, seven, seven eight something. feet. I was surprised, but then again, he's standing on the horse. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> All right, now here's a bizarre one for you two. This is a professional stuntman that did it. His name is Josef Totling from Austria. <laughs> he achieved the longest distance pulled by a horse while he is burning. You heard what? that? Right. <laughs> you heard that right. He was engulfed <laughs> in flames. He was protected by several layers of clothing. By the way, this is only one of his many burning uh, world records. He was in uh, several layers of clothing and cooling gel, and he had metal shin and elbow pads. And he, the horse, dragged him on the ground while burning for sixteen hundred and forty feet.
2: That means that horse was like run. He's on
4: fire! <laughs> What? dragged him who
2: would sign up to
4: do that i mean it's one thing to be on fire but to get dragged by a horse i don't know which one i would choose he <laughs> Neither uh, sounds fun
0: he's a Neither. stuntman in 49 movies he uh he also holds the record for being on fire the longest and it was like 10 minutes uh so uh and he did that have a g- stupid <laughs> i'm just telling you these are world records all right two more <clears throat> This one is the largest carousel. So this is one more. Actually, this is the last one. Largest carousel. It is 80 feet in diameter, 35 feet high, and weighs 36 tons. Care to guess how many animals are on this carousel? I don't
2: even know how much is on a normal carousel. So like hundred. Yeah, Hundreds.
0: Why are you breath. having
2: us do math, Glenn? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is the area a, versus a certain I got Mandy friends? up early to do this. <laughs> the radius versus a amount of animals. Well, I don't what know. What do you what say is it? on an
0: average one? Maybe 50, 25 to 50 is on, on an average one, I think. Uh, this one had 269. And ironically not, very long. ironically, not one of them is a horse. What? No. That's no.
4: weird. That's weird. But where is this carousel? I love carousels.
0: Uh, it's the world's largest. Is it the House on the Rock on Highway 23 in Spring Green, Wisconsin? Don't well, know. I'm going to put that put on
2: my traveling list. <laughs> I know where I'm going for spring break. I gotta say, I rode a carousel at the zoo with Lucas when he was like four. And Mandy, you said you love carousels, and I was like, Oh, I love carousels. And I got on him like, I gotta hold my little two year old. I think he was two I hold him up there, you know. And it the thing starts going. I was like, in five seconds, I was like, mmm, mm, slow <laughs> Flo- <laughs>
1: it, it down.
2: Please, can I get off? stop this! I swear, I felt like we were going 150 miles like a tornado going around in that thing. I was like, oh, You would oh. do really
0: well. The one ship we were on has a carousel. And so your carousel was oh, on a ship.
4: <laughs> on a ship? Nope, I'd rather die. Mm, you couldn't do those teacup things either at like the amusement parks, the, you know, the spinning teacups. I yeah. can't
2: even sit in the passenger seat of a car. So, I, I, <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Why? I, I was like, I love carousels. Sure, honey. Let's get on. It's only $2 a piece. You know, we hop on. I was like, oh my God, stop this thing.
0: <laughs> Every kid's having a good time. Jamie's puking.
2: Jamie's
4: okay, <laughs> like, can I get a refund?
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can I just jump off?
0: This wasn't as fun as I wrong? thought. Yeah, no. you'll ride crazy third red horses. So, there's that. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Mandy, thanks again for joining us on the Leadline Podcast. You can find it on. The Horse radio network or go to leadlinepodcast.com. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks, Jamie. Bye, Mandy. She's never going to sign up again to come back.
2: I'm telling you, man, something happens after you have kids. Like, I remember I used to teach lessons and I would put the kids on a lunge line, you know, and they'd be trotting circles around me. And a post child, I was like, oh, I need, I need, let me just, let me just take a break here. I don't know what happens to your like inner ear or something all of a sudden. You know what? Here's the bottom line. Children ruin every Everything. part of your body. <laughs> okay. Hey, you know who else is going
0: to be at Land Rover? State Line Tech. They're going to be there with one of the largest booths in the old indoor arena where all the booths are. Go shopping there. They're going to have 50% off sale on Gatsby, DaVinci, Oak Brands, 80% off on Khaki, whole bunches of stuff. They always have thousands of items there. And also, head on over to State Line Tech right now if you're not heading to Land Rover at the end of April. They're always having things going on over at StatLineTech.com. I'm I'm actually... uh, uh, was over there this morning and I'm trying to bring it up now and I typed it in wrong and got some really weird sight. You don't want to go to that one. <laughs> don't type state line tech in wrong cuz you get weird stuff. Uh you right now they have a pre-season savings on pest control uh they which is all kinds of fly things, fly control, boots, masks, uh repellents, fly sprays. I don't know if you're getting them in Oklahoma yet, but the flies oh, are it's out coming. in Florida. <laughs> Let me tell you. I was out the other day uh, grooming a Scooter. By the way, for those of you that have been asking, a lot of you have been asking how Scooter and Nigel are doing at a boarding stable, they're doing much better than Jennifer's doing. Um, they're, Aww, do- they're doing great. Jennifer is heading out there every day for a couple hours, and, and you know I don't see her for a while. She, she's getting better. She's, she's starting to Except this is the way it is. But uh yeah, they're doing great and scooters loving it. And uh, but the flies. I went out the other day, they were covered and they're tiny flies this time of year, the little bitey ones. So yeah, go ahead and over to StatelinTac to get your fly control savings. I know some of you are still having snow, but there's others of us that are getting snow.
2: We're flies having ticks now. Oh, so. are they out? Yeah. Oh god. So so here here's a fun story about my husband. We got time. <clears <Yeah>. <clears <throat> Why not? We time have a him second, out?
0: then we'll do the health segment.
2: So he wakes up the other morning and he's like, hey, wait, I'm, I'm still sleeping. He wakes me and he's like, hey, uh, something, something happened last night. And I was like, what?
0: Uh-oh.
2: And he said, I was just in the middle of the night and I sat, I had an itch in my armpit. I sat up and I scratched my armpit and I think a tick fell off of my armpit into the bed. <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, because I had another tick that was bigger, but I know I scratched one of them off, and I was like,
0: oh my god, fold the sheets, like I'm stripped. (laughs) Did wake you up at during the? He just
2: like
0: I don't know, scratch off a tick and let's snuggle. Yeah, let's what? (laughs) Let's let the tick get on my wife during the
2: night. Well, guess what happened? Even though I pulled every pillowcase, sheets, comforters, I I mean, (laughs) washed them in super hot water with bleach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I ended up with a dang tick in my armpit the next night. I was like, son of a... This is your fault. And, so, and of course, I swell up like crazy. this so this huge, giant, red, itchy spot on uh, my armpit. Keep an eye on it. Oh, That's it's how Lyme worst. disease
0: starts. So keep an do, eye on it. If you get you a circular to- rash, uh, go to the doctor. Do
2: you guys want a hot tip on how to stop the itching? Yeah. I, I was, it was middle of the night when I found the tick bite. And I was like, uh, I need something. I'm like dying. It's itching. I had to pull it off, like vomited, like, oh, it's so gross. Pull it off. And I'm like, I need an anti-itch cream. And I could only find one thing. And I, I was like so desperate. I put it on and it was like putting water on a fire. I was like, Psss. I was like, this is great. So now then Chad came home and I was like, I found the best thing for tick bites. And he's like, what is it? I'm like, don't worry about it. Get <laughs> a little bit. And I put it on his armpit. And he's like, like, Oh my God. What is that? I'm like, babe. It's Vagisil. <laughs> <laughs> My fighter pilot husband had Vagisil smeared all up in his armpit. Ah, It was awesome. Anyway, there you go. There's your hot tip for the day. There's your health segment (laughs) for people. Right? It's anti-itch. Like, come on.
0: The health segment for horses is brought to you by Daily Dose Equine. TMI,
2: TMI, sorry, sorry, sorry. Dr. Rachel
0: Gardner was on with us actually a couple of years ago. She is from B.W. Furlong & Associates in uh, California. New Jersey. And we had her on talking about biosecurity. And I just thought that was a good one to bring back right now that as the whole state of California is closed down. And I saw now there's some cases in Washington state. So kind of moving north. So we thought biosecurity would be a good thing to bring back today. And uh, she she did her undergraduate and veterinary degrees from Cornell, which we've had a lot of Cornell people on over the years. So let's take a listen back to that. It's only about nine minutes long. And then we'll be back. We're going to be doing Jamie's training tips. We have a special uh, segment we're going to do in the post show for the auditors. So hang on.
2: Hi, Dr. Gardner. Good morning. Well, we're going to talk a little bit today about biosecurity. So, uh, first of all, what is biosecurity? It sounds very, very scary.
3: So, biosecurity is really simply just the idea of uh, things that we can do to decrease the chance of infection or disease in our horses, uh, especially In this context, we're talking about when horses are going to horse shows or in boarding stables where they may co-mingle with other horses. And so it's really the idea of trying to um, use good practices to decrease the risk of infection uh, between one horse and another and uh, decreasing the risk that multiple horses in a particular barn will be affected. What are some
2: of the most uh, scary things, that that you see horses get infected with at at places like this?
3: So the most common things that we're concerned about and that we think about are, of course, as most people are fairly aware of right now uh, due to fairly common uh, outbreaks Recently, over the last few years, would be equine herpes virus, especially as we're seeing more neurologic horses and what appears to be more contagious infection or contagious viruses. So equine herpes virus, um, equine influenza or flu, which we saw last year in Florida, um, and uh, those are both uh, respiratory infections as well. Uh, coronavirus is uh, an infection that can cause fevers and diarrhea in horses, and also is contagious. And then, of course, strangles, which all of us are aware of, which has been around for many, many, many years, much longer than uh, than most of these infections, uh, but still remains a pretty common cause of infection in horses and is very, very contagious. And then, less common things like salmonella, which can cause fever and diarrhea. Um, and then you uh, infectious anemia, which is very uncommon, but uh, if it occurs, it's very devastating. And that's what we test horses for routinely using the Coggins test. So these are probably the most common things we're seeing um, that we're trying to, to prevent in our horses at horse shows and places where there are lots of horses commingling.
2: And that's a long list of very scary things. So um, what are some things that we can do to prevent some or any of these?
3: So probably the most important things are really things that are are hopefully fairly obvious, and a lot of people probably already do. Um, those things include making sure your horse appears outwardly healthy before taking overs off the property. Um, making sure you don't see evidence of nasal discharge. And if you do see something like that or an enlarged lymph node or swelling under the chin, if you were to see something like that, um, to to not take your horse off property and not commingle with other horses and, and seek a veterinary exam, And then the really obvious one, of course, is making sure your horse's temperature is normal. Um, Temperature is a really good indicator of infection. Some horses that have infections can have a normal temperature, so it's not 100% reliable, but certainly it's a a very good indicator. And uh, so I would always recommend taking a horse's temperature before heading out to a horse show or to an area where there will be uh, numerous horses. Um, And then also using practices to try to limit exposure uh, as much as possible. So even if you're at a horse show where there are a lot of horses or an event, a hunter pace, or lots of horses present uh, limiting exposure by preventing nose to nose contact uh, between horses and even things like, you know, petting your own horse on the nose and then petting someone else's horse on the nose, even things that seem so innocent as that can, can prevent, uh, can cause infection. Um, and, and other things that anything that could touch something that could pass infection from one horse to another. So whether that be um, nasal secretions for a respiratory infection or manure for an infection in the GI tract like coronavirus or salmonella. So making sure that those things don't contact um, one horse to another. So uh even sharing a pitchfork with another person at a, a horse show from a different barn if you're unaware of uh the health of the horses at that barn not sharing a pitchfork, things like that.
1: Wow, that is uh That one that's would not have occurred to me. <laughs>
2: no, no, I would never have thought about that one. I do know that we had an outbreak of herpes virus here, and uh, everybody was heading to a horse trial. And one of the things that they did say was, "Do not graze your horse around the facility. is that is that something you would you would suggest
3: as well? yeah, that's that's excellent advice. and And the reason for that is because, you know, if you think of a horse grazing, um if it's respiratory secretions, like, uh, nasal discharge or even saliva that can um, transmit the infection, a horse grazing could easily uh, have little droplets of nasal discharge or saliva on the grass. And then the next horse comes along and, and nibbles on that same grass. And so that's a really common way to spread infection. And I always recommend avoiding hand grazing at horse shows for sure.
2: We need um, some equine hand another. sanitizer. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Here's like nose sanitizer, right? What <laughs> <laughs> we gotta Another do something? Yeah. Another one that people sometimes don't think about that I harp on a lot is um, when you're watering horses and taking the hose, especially, you know, in, in your normal barn at home and dipping the hose from one bucket to the next as you go down from stall to stall. Uh, you know, same idea as the grazing, if there are little droplets of nasal discharge or saliva in a horse's water bucket, and you dip the hose in it and then go to the next stall, that's an excellent way to uh, to transmit mm-hmm. infection. So always keeping the hose above the level of the water.
2: I didn't think about that either. So when a horse, like say I'm moving my horse to a new facility or somebody's moving their horse in, what are some some easy quarantine type things, maybe for people that don't have extra barn for quarantine? You know, What are some things that people can do to keep the germs at bay for a horse just moving in?
3: Yeah, that's a great question and definitely important for a new horse moving into a barn. Um, So even if they appear outwardly healthy, quarantining them ideally for three weeks is certainly the most ideal, but even for at least a week is useful. And those horses, if you don't have an extra barn, even if they go in the last stall in the barn, so you're minimizing contact between them and other horses, um, or if there's, you know, say an outer shed row where they're not uh, inside a big barn, uh, potentially contacting other horses, that's ideal. But even if they're at the end of the barn, at least you're minimizing contact. And then for those horses, I would always recommend taking their temperature twice a day and keeping a log of those temperatures. Um, and Certainly handling those horses last just in case they have some sort of infection uh, you're not aware of yet. So handling all the other horses, cleaning all the horses, other horses' stalls, turning out um, before handling this horse so that um, if there is potential for infection, so respiratory secretions or manure, you're less likely to track it from this new horse to, to the resident horses. Um, And then also, you know, those horses certainly still can get turned out and things like that, but ideally they would have their own area where they're not sharing it with the resident horses. And then even other things that you may not think about, so sharing brushes or sharing tack and most certainly sharing bits, um, making sure not to share those items between a new horse and the resident horses until that sort of semi-quarantine period is over. So
2: as a parent, what I'm basically hearing is you keep your hands to yourself. You just stay over there. (laughs) Exactly. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch anything. Don't talk to anybody. Just be quiet. (laughs) Got it. And you're last,
3: no matter what, you're (laughs) last. Exactly
2: very good well thank you so much dr gardner for joining us and talking about this i think it's very important and uh, i know i definitely learned a couple of things that i need to work on a little bit better when i go places so thank you so much for coming do you have a website or anything people can visit you at we do it's um
3: bw furlong.com
2: fantastic bw
1: thank you dr gardner have a great day and stay warm and here I am again, joined by Janet Geyer, who is the mad scientist behind da- Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds. And we're going to talk a little bit about roasting your horse's horse feed. That's right. The, the ingredients that are non-GMO verified in the Daily Dose Equine Horse Feeds sometimes are roasted. And I'm sure there's a reason for that. So Janet, inform me.
5: Well, thank you very much, Jen. Um, the reason that we flame roast is really twofold. One of them is uh, basically to increase digestibility, because once you roast, it opens up the kernels and allows the product to be a whole lot more digestible, so you actually get more for your money. The second reason is is that grain usually sits in a silo for a long period of time, and during this period of time, you have little creatures in there, you have little mice, you have insects, you have birds you have droppings, you have bacteria and mold growing. And if it sits for a really long period of time in a humid environment, it can really grow a lot of mold. So by roasting it, you're actually killing off the mold and uh, killing off the bacteria and making a cleaner product. Does that change the moisture
1: content or do you add moisture back into it again?
5: Well, it actually lowers the moisture content. And we use this actually as a natural preservative. So moisture creates mold and bacteria to grow. If you don't have any of the spores there to grow, uh, you're not going to have any mold and bacteria. And by keeping the moisture low, uh, it's a natural preservative. So we don't have to add anything, no chemical uh, mold inhibitors in there.
1: I like that idea a whole lot. So if you want to learn more about the Daily Dose Equine non-GMO verified horse feeds. You can do that at DailyDoseEquine.com. And you can also find a local retailer to purchase your feed. Or you can go to Chewy.com and order your horse feed for fast and convenient nationwide delivery. Thanks, Janet.
0: Well, before we get to Jamie's training tips... To today, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's going on or what happened yesterday. If you missed yesterday's episode, go back and take a listen. We have some Tuesdays and Thursdays now when we usually have our once a month monthly episodes that are open. In other words, the monthly episodes stop for whatever reason and I haven't found new ones yet. So we decided instead of being dark those days and not having any episodes that we'd get to meet our listeners. So I've asked our auditors for volunteers to come on and just do a short 10, 15-minute episode that we put out on those days instead of nothing. So, it, and so far, I've gotten good response from the first one. It was yesterday. We had Nicola on. She is from London. I got to meet her at the Wagon in 2018 when she came over, and she does a fun thing. You're going to want to listen. She, Her and a group of friends are super fans of British eventing, and that's all I'm going to say. They're well-known in England, uh, but she talks all about that and what it's like to have a horse and board it in London. So that was yesterday's episode. Take a listen, and we'll be doing more of those as we have Tuesdays and Thursdays that are open. Tomorrow, we're doing a very special episode here. It doesn't involve horses, though. We're having my friend Katie back, Katie us back on. She runs the Women's Meditation Network. She's been on this show before because she helped me do one of these before. This is a special episode. We haven't done one in a couple of years where we get a bunch of different podcasters on. We're having five different podcasters on. We're giving them all five minutes. They can tell us about their show. We have a little conversation about it, and then we move on. So tomorrow is just going to be about... Other podcasts that you can listen to that are not horse-related. These are all non-horsey podcasts. Katie's going to help me co-host it, and I want to congratulate her. You want to hear from her tomorrow. She, You need this for your sleeping. Uh, She does the Women's Meditation Network and just passed, are you ready? 40 million downloads. So it's pretty popular. And she does a good job with it. She has, like, five different shows. That's more than us, people. That's more than us in all the years we've been doing this. Kind of jealous, actually. So Katie's coming on th- tomorrow. She'll talk about that. And we'll, we'll talk to a bunch of other podcasters. So that's kind of a preview for PodFest coming up, which is the podcasting conference at the end of May. So that's what's happening. And we have a brand-new monthly segment for you next week, which we'll talk about on Monday. But Jamie's going to do a training tip. Hey, can we start with this one? I saw it in there. One of our auditors posted. I, I want to hear. The answer to this, it was how does Monty feel about carrying a whip and using it as an? We know how he feels about whips when you're using it for punishment and as a torture device, but how does he feel about it for carrying it as an extension of your legs, as a training device where you're not whipping your horse?
2: So you know, I I don't want to put words in his mouth. So if you want to know exactly what he would say then ask him but i would like to say what i think he would say which is what i do in my head all day i need one of those bracelets that say wwmd like what would money do like what would money say and <laughs> so you spend I'm, enough
0: time with him you can do that yeah. well
2: yeah exactly and i hear his voice in my head all the time when i'm working and it's it's something that he has said in the past is you know when people ask about gadgets or anything else like it bits or anything you know what he always says is like it's the hands that hold it that are the problem you know <laughs> or make make the problems it's you know if you have and i know he's done some uh, on monty roberts university he's done some stuff with stefan peters and charlotte Bardal, and those are i mean obviously masterful dressage writers and i remember stefan peters saying yes i do use a whip but I use it as an extension of my leg. Like you're asking for a leg yield or a half pass. You want to apply that whip lightly to the back of your leg. So you're not having to put your leg way back there and push, you know, it's an extension of your leg. And so if it truly is that, then I can't find anything wrong with it. I've talked to drivers too, who yes, they yeah, we, have to we use need a whip. it.
0: I mean you you don't you don't have legs, so <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So,
2: you know, there's a difference between tapping a horse lightly to get it to turn and flogging it. You know what I mean? They, what was the podcast that I did, Glenn? The hour-long episode on the eventing podcast? What's up one called?
0: Oh good question.
2: Well, think of it. But they asked me about whips and eventing because here I am a Monty instructor and using a whip. And I told them, I said, here's the thing. I don't use a whip when I'm eventing because if I have to whip my horse at a jump, I didn't do my homework, you know, and I don't want pain or fear to be introduced at the jump. That being said, people are going to have crops and whips. It makes them feel more comfortable and makes them think that they're, I don't think I've ever even used one at a jump. But anyway, I said, here's the deal. You people
0: Major league eventing. Major
2: league eventing. Yeah. I said, you know what you're using it for. You know what are you honestly in your head and your heart going to use that whip for? If it's like you're going to hit your boot to be like, wham! Here something's coming. And I have done that where you're carrying a crop on cross country and you smack your own leg to make a sound, boom to let them know hey something's coming because sometimes they can really get divey and they get fast and you have to get them to wake up. And and I, I've certainly done that. But like I told him, it's, it's, it's you, what are your intentions in your heart? What are your intentions with your whip? If you're like, well, he doesn't like water. So I'm going to give him a couple good cracks before I go up to the water. Well, then that would not be the proper way to use a whip. You don't introduce it makes so or a tree much sense <laughs> your tree branch yeah exactly my will one jumped down into water mark Todd. so just get a tree branch and just would be- jesus hit the bejesus out of them several times so anyway you know what you're doing it's the hands that hold it the thing um but yes i do remember in the stefan peters Monty roberts university about stefan just being like hey man I uh, have to use a That's what we do. And Monty was like, "Well, that's what you do. Then you, you know, it's it's the hands that hold it. So there's well, your answer for that."
0: And when we, you know, when I learned to drive, my pony taught the first pony I bought taught me to drive because we didn't know what we were doing. And I could not get that pony. And this was a well trained pony. It had been a race pony and then an Amish pony. This was a well trained pony. And you know, I could not get that pony to back up. We couldn't figure out what the key. We couldn't figure out which dial and button made that pony back <laughs> up. Finally, the one day, I just took my whip and tapped him on the top of his butt. Just think think think, think, think. you know, not hurting him, just tapping him. Backed right up. So he had been taught to back up just by being tapped on the top of the That That is
2: amazing. It's amazing
0: what horses can learn. <laughs> and he backed right up. Then I knew the magic. I knew which switch to turn, but I didn't know. It took me months to figure that out.
2: It's like getting a dog, and you're like, why won't this dog do anything? I got <laughs> yeah, exactly. it from the pound, and turns out it had been home uh, in, of an Italian family. <laughs> it's like, I <laughs> need you to speak Italian. It's like you just spoke a different language than you. Uh, so the other training question that I have had is talking about sp- horses that are spooky and I have this little Andalusian Miles and horses are what you call neophobic, which it means they're, they're afraid of anything new. And you can see that where you put something that's not usually where it is next to the arena and your horse spooks at it. Right? So when I'm training a horse, I try to think, okay, are you genuinely scared of this object? And I allow the horses to be curious. And as long as they're curious, I let them continue to be curious. So I've been taking my baby horses, Miles and Stanley, uh, Julie, uh, all on trail rides. But before I just rode them out there, I long lined them because we've long lined a ton in the round pen, Then we long lined a ton in the arena. Then we long lined in the field. And now we are going to go out on the trail. And I always have somebody like a Zeus or a Duke in the front who's like been there, done that. Not going to freak out. Give him a good, a good gelding leader. So I did that. And then up and down. So I have to walk all the way down. My driveway is probably like a hundred yards to get to where the, the gate to go into the field is the trails. The trails belong to my neighbor. He let us put a gate in next door. <laughs> Thank God. Cause I use that thing all the time. So I just text him like, Hey, going on trails. Cause he uses it to walk his dogs. So I get miles out there. We've done it a hundred times. I even rode him out there the other day and he was totally fine. Well, Chad decided to do some yard work and why would he do this? He left a yellow wheelbarrow at the end of the driveway and it's never been there before. And
0: I'm and thinking, it eats horses. The yellow wheelbarrow eats like, horses. It's no
2: big deal. It's a wheelbarrow they've seen a hundred times, but. Zeus was in the lead and then Miles was behind him. So uh, Zeus was being ridden by Farm Boy, and so Zeus stops. <laughs> what is that? That's not that's I know I was like, oh my god, they're looking at the wheelbarrow. And I watch Zeus and he looks at it and he looks at it and looks at it. And I'm not gonna crack him with a whip, I'm gonna let him. Be curious and try to figure it out. Their vision is so different than ours. You just never know how they're kind of seeing things. So I let them figure it out. Okay. He's like, all right, so he kind of like by it. D-d-d-d-d-d-d. Miles is like, nope, I don't care. I'm not curious. I just want to leave. <laughs> he kept trying to turn around. Now, Moss doesn't understand all the buttons. He just kind of knows the long lining stuff and it doesn't really understand leg yet. So we're still working on leg. Well, I was like, okay, we're going to follow Zeus. Let's Zeus walk by it. You walk by it. He's like, Nope. And so he tries to turn around and go back to the barn. I get him back, turned around straight. like Just, You can stand here and look as long as you need. He's like, no, I don't want to look. I'm just going to go. And so then he turns to the right and tries to run back to the barn. No, 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 no. Turn back around. You're going to stand here. Well, then he starts backing up. He's like, if I can't go left and I can't go right, I'm out of here and I'm going to back up. Well, I'm sorry. Are you making decisions that I didn't make? I am the one in charge. However, I am so glad you decided to back up. Because I was hoping you were going to back up because I want to back up. So here's what we're going to do. We're, we're <clears throat> excuse me, need some water. You, we're going to back up the entire way back to the barn. We'll just back up the whole time. It'll be fun. Yay. You're backing up. It was your decision. So let me ha- make your decision really c- soak in. Well, after about 20 steps of backup, he's like, I don't want to back up anymore. This sucks. Cause there is horses never back up for fun in the you never see him in the field like running backwards to entertain themselves so it, it's hard it's a great punishment quote you know finger quotes punishment um but it's something they naturally are go, go, able to do but it's something they don't like to do so i'm like let's back up and so after about 20 feet he just kind of stops like oh god he's like would you like to go forward now Add my leg walk forward we get about up to the wheelbarrow and he's like, oh God, oh God. And he starts taking a couple steps back. And I'm like, yay, we're gonna back up. So we backed up another like 20 steps. And then he's like, I think I just walked by that wheelbarrow. I don't really want to back up again. So the moral of the story with that was I took the behavior that he was communicating to me. Like he he was not thinking, he lost his mind and was just gonna run away. But you have to teach them that that spooking is not a way out of work. Okay. What happens a lot of times is people, the horses spook. (gasps) Oh my God. And the people go, Oh my God. And they stop them, you know? And like the horse starts to learn, it becomes a learned behavior that spooking, is actually a way out of work. So it's what Glenn and I were talking about before uh, the show is trying to tell the difference between a horse that's genuinely scared of something and a horse that is just spooking to evade work because it's a learned behavior. So you have to start to figure out what the things are. A horse like criminal who was scared of everything was scared of everything because people had lied to him. Nobody was ever nice to him. Even though he won a lot of races, there were people in his life that were not nice to him, and he did not trust anybody to show him something. So I let him be curious, and then after a he, he didn't run backwards like my fat, lazy Andalusian did. <laughs> he just would like be genuinely scared. And once you could let him process it, like I letting process, Zeus process the wheelbarrow, they were okay. Cool. We're going. And then they never, he never looked at anything again uh, of that level. Um, But miles being a baby horse, he's like, I'm spoiled. I don't want to go. I'm just going to get back to the barn. And that's when you have to go. Okay. Well, Hmm. You can go back to the barn, but we're going to go backwards. You know, so like creating the right punishment. Now you were talking a little bit about your pony and how he spooked.
0: Yeah, I just think ponies are different. I think they they do spook to get out of work. <laughs> I think in yeah. the beginning he did. That's not, not the case anymore, but
2: but it's it's like it's like um my horse bolted, ran away, Thor he would bolt because he would get pulled up yeah. and he had learned that he would get pulled up. And so he like bolt. And so what we did with him was like, yo, you want to bolt? Awesome. I was hoping we could get canter 10 major circles while you're bolting. That'd be great. And so, then we'd get, and then very quickly he's like, Oh, bolting sucks. It's not uh, this one. I can't get out of the work anymore. And it's like, probably that was scooter. Like he's a little pony and he's dropped pulling a cart. And if he bolt spooks, then he gets stopped. Yeah. And so I don't think, I think that humans teach them these things, you know, and, and, and even on the side now, I mean, I'm like probably going way too long, but horses that run back to the barn, why do they run back to the barn? Why are they barn sour? Can you tell me why horses are barn sour, Lynn?
0: Well, um, because, well, that's their happy place and they get fed there. So, I mean, yeah. yeah,
2: but if they're being ridden and you ride them back to the barn and you get off. And you loosen their girths, and you put them in their comfy home.
0: Give them food. They're going to
2: learn. Exactly. That's their happy place. And with you on them, you rode them back to the barn and you dismounted at the barn. So what I do is, especially with these baby horses, I never get off in the same place. I never ride them out the gate. I will get off in the north, south, east, west, middle, wherever, and be done facing away from the barn. And then they never start that barn sour behavior. A lot of the racehorses that come to me have that. They're like, you'll trotting along and you'll go past the barn. And they're like, you know, leg gilding to the right with their head bent to the left. I want to go that way to the barn. And so those horses, I don't take them out of, the, you know, I dismount them wherever. And then when we get to the arena gate, I back them out. Or I walk four or five circles before we actually leave, you know. So it's all – the whole thing is just setting your horse up to learn in the best, most efficient way possible, but also knowing that there are differences. Read your horse, you know. That's that's the difference.
0: Very good. And, you know, I never thought about the getting off at different places because everybody just goes back to the barn and gets off, right? It's just what exactly. you do. Exactly. Yeah.
2: And then they're like, why does my horse run back to the barn or speed up going back to the barn? Heck, halftime. I, I, in Arizona, I would get off – Far away, like, and I'd have to walk two hundred yards home. Oh, yeah. well, guess what? I can handle it. Like, but you're training your horse, so be a good, be a good steward for your horse's brain.
0: Well, before we wrap up today and head into the auditor post show, I just wanted to give you a chance to brag on your son. Oh, now, we don't <laughs> talk about this very often because I just hate baseball, and Jamie loves baseball, but. uh <laughs> But uh, we have to talk about your son, because apparently he's become a little baseball superstar.
2: Man, we're a baseball family. Chad played college ball for OU, and he, that was like his existence. I was a fast fitch softball player, because they didn't let girls play baseball. But I've been a Braves fan. You would have been I a mean, baseball player, wouldn't you? I, I wanted to be, when I was little, the first ever professional uh, like MLB woman player. <laughs> and they... Still
0: hasn't. They happened.
2: didn't let you. <laughs> but they still don't have any women that do it. Anyway, turns out you have to like be better,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> you so, actually have to be able to play at that level. Yeah, that, I, yeah.
2: whatever. You know, it's fine. Um, so, but uh, that was my goal when I was little. So my son is playing baseball, and his dad worked with him all winter. Chad and Lucas got to throw, catch, and hit. and Chad loves teaching him, and and Lucas begrudgingly would do it now. He now that he's not afraid of the ball, he's getting pretty good, and so he's in coach pitch and so what's on um, coach pitches where th- your coach pitches to you so the kids <clears throat> they're eight they're not old enough to like be throwing it across the hundred mile an
0: hour balls thrown at their heads
2: uh their heads or or the <laughs> ball won't actually get to the plate yeah. you know it's all different so the chad was a pitcher and so he's pitched a lot to lucas over the winter and and so lucas went up to his first at bat only at bat mind you because they're eight And the the game is only an hour, so I think it was only two and a half innings (laughs) because it takes for dang ever. Uh, But anyway, Lucas got his uh, his uh, up to the bat and and man, he crushed it, just crushed it over the outfielder's head. Now, being that my son is also like me and not super fast, he made it to second base. They got the ball in. He made it to second base, but scored two RBIs and ended up with the game ball, which was really sweet. This is their first game. We don't know this coach at all. And he presents a game ball to Lucas at the end. And oh, my gosh. It was like
0: like player of the day, player of the game. Yeah, player
2: of the game was Lucas for his awesome two RBI double. You know, it's like just and and stuff like that makes the mama so proud. And Chad wasn't there to see it because he's on a trip, and so I was able to send him all the pictures. Good job, Lucas. Now, do
0: you do you and Chad ever have you ever wanted to take up an adult league?
2: Chad played when I met him. He played for the Air Force. Really? Yeah. Into his thir- yeah, well into his 30s, he played <clears throat> for the Air Force. and He was also on the Air Force racquetball team. My husband's weirdest sport. Thing. He's like really good at
0: baseball and racquetball. No, like, <laughs>
2: they call him the king of leisure sports. It's
0: squad squadron. <laughs> <laughs> he,
2: he's like really good at racquetball and, and ping pong and football, <laughs> whatever all the stupid stuff is. Uh, so anyway, he's really good at those things. So he actually played. Now, me, I played softball as an adult through my 20s when I lived in Atlanta, I was in a league that played every Sunday, you know, but now I can't throw the ball Yeah, You anymore. can
0: live with your, through your son. Live through exactly.
2: The, because yeah. my shoulder can't actually throw the ball anymore. So now I just get to watch him
0: do it. You know what I want to take up? I want to take up when my arm's better. I, I'm, I actually researched it and figured out where I can go. I'm going to take lessons. I used to be a big tennis player, played tennis for years uh, until I was in my like 30s or late 40s or early 40s. And I want to take up pickleball. Do you know what pickleball okay.
2: is? My, my, a friend of mine plays that, but I don't really know what it it's is. It's like
0: a smaller court, a much smaller court than tennis. And it's kind of, it's a much smaller racket. I don't even know if they call it a racket, uh, but it, and it's kind of a wiffle ball type thing. Uh, but I want to try pickleball. I just think it looks like fun. So, it, and I bet you Ch- Chad would love it if he loves you know pick, if he loves those other ball sports, he would love this. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna try it. It's real big here in Florida. Apparently, old people play pickleball. So uh, I'm gonna give it a try.
2: They I'm call gonna, them pickleball paddles.
0: Oh, there you go, pickleball paddles. <laughs> but it's a much smaller court. Wendy and Kyle, Dr. Wendy and Kyle play pickleball. And I did play with them one time. It was a lot of fun. But, uh, I got, I'm going to take some lessons and, and play pickleball. I'm going to give it a try.
2: That's how. Sounds fun. Good exercise for you. Yeah,
0: and it's really popular here in Florida. Apparently, it's one of the most popular, fastest-growing racket games. But
2: and then once you graduate from pickleball, then you go to shuffleboard. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. That's right. That's true. That is true. It. When you get too old to swing the racket anymore, you yep. get to just push the whatever that's called. in the. When you can't push
2: the paddle, you <laughs> got to push the shuffle.
0: Well, they've Earth. started building pickleball courts. What they're doing is taking out all the tennis courts at the old people places around here, and they're putting in pickleball ball courts oh my gosh because nobody plays tennis anymore so they're they're putting in pickleball courts yeah that's become really popular i think it's even replacing shuffleboard now Well,
2: I'm going to eventually be a fantastic mounted archer someday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You just don't have anybody to take. If you came to Ocala, they have the world champion archer dude who I drive. His place is literally five minutes from our house. And there every weekend, there's 15 or 20 of them there. He has the full archery course. And there's 15 or 20 people there taking lessons. Yeah, I want to do that. You need to come over and visit sometime during the winter when he's there and go take a lesson. I'd love to. Yeah, we're going to have to do that. All right, auditors, hang on. We'll be here for the post-show tomorrow, our special episode about other podcasts that aren't horsey-related, if you want to take a listen to that. And we're going to meet Katie. 40 million downloads talking about meditation. Do you know how not qualified I am to talk about meditation? (laughs) Really really not qualified.
2: All right, everybody, spay, neuter, and galt.
0: A moral question in the auditors. So, so one of our auditors uh, posted this on her personal page. So I'm not going to say who, um, but it was an interesting question. And she asked, you might have even seen it because she's co-hosted on here before, but she she asked, okay, I have a housekeeping ser- service and I discovered that the housekeeper that's been coming here for quite a while stole some gift cards. And she had bought the gift card specifically for to give to people. So she knew exactly what she had bought and she called the gift card company and wanted to cancel them because she knows they were gone. And one of them had been used at a local store. So one of them had already been used. So her question was, what do I do? Do I confront her? Do I call the police? Um, and the comments were interesting. You know, they were all over the place as you would expect. Um
2: I haven't seen this I haven't read it but how does she know it was the house
0: cleaner? Uh she was pretty sure it was the housekeeper because she was the only other person in the house. And uh so she let's just assume she was sure it was the housekeeper. Okay, let's get past that. So you're sure it's the housekeeper, you know one's been used. What do you do? And it was a it was hundreds of dollars worth. It wasn't just, you know, a $25 gift card.
2: Dude, you come into my house and you start stealing shit, we're done. Um, however, you've got to give them, uh, you know, at least a little bit of a chance. And I, well, here's here's the conversation. I would say, hey, uh, Glenn, I am missing some gift cards and I wonder if you knew where they were. You be her.
0: I have no idea.
2: So you're the only other person who was in the house, And you've got access to all the things. So I'm pretty sure that they, I mean, I didn't take them. So it must have been you. So I'm going to give you a chance to come clean and then you can keep your job. Otherwise, I'm going to have to let you go.
0: But I've worked here forever. You know I wouldn't do that.
2: I I don't know that you wouldn't do that. Because you're the only other person. And I'm I'm 100% sure it's you. Do you want to come clean and keep your job? Or do you want to... Be let go.
0: I don't know what I would do at that point, to be honest. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. <laughs> I mean,
2: so I always tell Lucas, like, hey, buddy, if you're honest, you don't get in trouble. Because then I can keep lies from happening. But you- Now, to be fair, I would have fired her anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But- because... You know what, our, and it's something like this, like, you know what, I've now lost trust. I took you. the hard line, and,
0: and I was one of the very few that took the hard line and then said I wouldn't even confront her at all I'd call the police. And this is why, This is, and this is why I also— Did you have proof? Well, the police could see who used the gift card. They can go to the cameras at the store and see who used the gift card, so that's for them to figure out.
2: Well then, I would say that you know what I've called the store that the gift card was used, and they have a camera set up, and I'm going. They can track it back. I'm giving you these, this opportunity right now to come but clean and keep your job. This is Otherwise, why I would call I'm the police. View the video,
0: and this is the reason I think Will Smith should be in should have been arrested. Okay, yeah. so they, these two actually do almost I mean, the together. We
2: actually agree on something.
0: <laughs> I would have called the police because we don't know if she, what she's stealing from the other houses, and you. You know, this person said, I'm pretty sure that's the only thing she's ever stolen from us. But how do you know she's not stealing diamonds, jewelry, cash
2: stolen? I had no idea
0: <laughs> from the other houses. Right. So that's why I would call the police, because if she's stealing from you, she's stealing from others. She's not just stealing from you. She's stealing from others, too.
2: But in the world of um police Calling and them actually taking action for somebody who stole gift cards from your house that you let them have access yeah, to—they're not going to do. I, it she
0: anything. lives very rural, so they might actually do something just for something to do. <laughs> but you know, they may not be that busy. I don't know. But that's why I would call the police. I would. I would do it for that reason because of we, what we don't know is, and I don't know whether this lady was self-employed or worked for a service. I don't know that. Um, so, and it goes along with, the, this kind of goes along with the Will Smith thing, too. And, and I made a couple of comments on other people's posts when they got into all the moral stuff about Will Smith and, you know, how they were picking on his wife and all this stuff. The simple fact is, if you and I had been sitting in that audience, and let's say we were picked on for whatever reason, we're not famous, but whatever reason we were insulted by what, what was said, and we went up there and we smacked him in the face, we would have gotten arrested immediately.
2: Uh, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, like, so in disregard everything else. Like,
0: it's a double standard. We would have been arrested immediately. Anybody not else? Only
2: that he wins. It's like it's like if you were at a comedy show and the comedian said something offensive, and which so they you do to the people punched, in the audience, <laughs> you just punch the comedian in the face and then go sit back well, down. Well,
0: that's been what other comedians have come out and said. Now, other comedians are saying this is bad for all of us because now people are going to be punching us in the face. And there are comedians that make fun of people in the audience. They do it all the time. It's always been done. But now they're all like, now we can't. We can't do that for fear of being punched in the face. So other comedians are coming out and saying, this sets a huge bad precedent.
2: Well, I'm sorry. Just anybody else. They should have removed him. And if he still wanted to win the Oscar, they could have had. Somebody else accept it. I I, I just – the whole thing is – I mean – and poor Chris Rock. Like (laughs) – I, at first, I was upset with him, but, but maybe he didn't know that she had alopecia. Oh, and he let's
0: face it, I, you know, whether he knew or not, there's been worse things said about people at the Oscars. I I'm mean.
2: sorry, but Jada <laughs> Smith is the one who goes online and talks about having affairs with other men how it's like an open marriage. So it's not like she's been this, like, wallflower.
0: <laughs> it it was, you know, and, and again, worse things have been said about people. Uh, it was, you know, there's been some brutal things. And that's the other thing. The Oscars has become more like a roast. It used to be the Oscars and it used to be kind of this family friendly thing now it's just become more like a roast Um, I don't know but I don't know that's the other reason you know so disregard what everybody else has been saying about whether he shouldn't or shouldn't have it just you know if anybody else had done it it's the double standard that got me yeah
2: you don't punch somebody in the face on stage. Oh, by the way, when you when you lay into the to the calling the police about the the the, the maid possibly stealing gift cards. I'm sorry. There was not 12 million
0: right. <laughs>
2: witnesses. To the gift card theft now? A hundred million.
0: So, this is the most publicity they. Does anybody even know the movie that won? No, they know. They know Will Smith smacked him. I don't know
2: Coda because everybody <laughs> feels so sorry for Coda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I had no idea what Coda was. I had to look it up. I had no idea what it was. It's one of those years where you look at the movies and go, "What?"
2: Well, you. There's just. There's just. I, I used to go to the movies, the theater, all the time, all the
0: time. I love going to movies,
2: and now I. We just don't don't do it. It's, uh, there are no movies at the theater.
0: It's so funny how that changes too, over because of covid that changed for a lot of us. But we used to go to the movies all the time too. We used to spend the twenty five thirty bucks to go to the movies and buy the popcorn and do all that stuff, right? I uh,
2: have those apps that just we have more week.
0: I haven't been to a movie since for and and I wait now now I'm content to wait for it to come out in video. But now when it comes out in the video and it's nineteen ninety five I'm like. Like the spite, latest Spider-Man movie. We didn't see that yet. And
2: oh, God. I, it, I saw it in 4D. It was
0: awesome. Because it was at 1995 still on video, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to wait till it go, gets below $10. And now <laughs> I'm even waiting longer because <laughs> I want below $10. It's funny how things change. Uh, when you don't even mean them to. They just change. So, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, Okay, what's the
2: show you're watching? Oh, yeah.
0: I want to talk to you about that. It's called The Endgame. And it is on Hulu on one of the networks. It's a very popular show on one of the networks now. Uh, The other one that's very popular, The Endgame is kind of a drama show. It's really good. It has like seven or eight episodes out now. And it's really good. But the other one that Jennifer and I have both gotten into, have you watched Ghosts yet? No. Look up Ghosts. It's a comedy. And it is hilarious. Uh, it's, It's about this woman who gets... Bunked in the head and can see the ghosts that are living in her house, and they're from all different. The rule of this show is, if a ghost dies in a place, the ghost stays in the place until they're called up. They're like, they're like they're purgatory. So there's these ten ghosts that live in this house from all different time periods. It is hilarious, and only she can see them. Her husband can't.
2: Okay, it,
0: it is hilarious.
2: I need to ask the deal breaking question. Yeah. It shows this is a CBS show. Okay, is there a laugh track?
0: No, I don't think there's a. Laugh. I don't remember a laugh track. Okay, then yeah. I'll watch
2: it if it has a, people they can laughing in it. I don't Tell think it has a when laugh I'm track. To laugh. No, then no, it's good though. CBS, I even think though. you.
0: I think this is one you could actually watch with Lucas. It's it's a good. It's a funny show. It's and okay. it's it's family friendly, but apparently it's the most popular comedy right now. Um. So yeah, I think we watch it on Hulu too. I you know we cut the cord when we moved. We don't have cable anymore. We cut the cord.
2: Oh, yeah, we did that a while ago. However, um, I've been watching season two, the much-anticipated, highly-awaited... I said that backwards. uh, Bridgerton season two.
0: (laughs) Is the hot Duke dude still on the show?
2: I have one more episode, and I've not seen the Duke one fucking time! (laughs) And let me also point out, there is, like, the, the first one was, like, really... Freaking hot, softcore porn, almost of Bridgerton season one, and there's been zero sex in season two.
0: <laughs> so Chad's out; he's not watching it anymore.
2: Oh, he doesn't watch it anyway. Actually, <laughs> the first time I turned it on, he was like, "Oh Jesus!" There's like so much dialogue, and it is very in- entertaining. You know, it's like it's really good. But I think people are gonna complain because there's not any sex. I mean, like I was <laughs> do, ready. Why do you think for, they did like, that
0: intentionally? They got crap. No.
2: It's like there's a lot of dialogue, and the, and it's interesting. I thought the only reason
0: people about... watched season one was for the Duke dude,
2: right? <laughs> and he isn't in one
0: episode because this yeah. is a girl show. Let's face it; it's a woman show.
2: Oh, I had it on. Now I I've been able to watch the season with Lucas like walking around because there's there's no sex. <laughs> I want some nudity. I want some. All right, hot we want
0: to know if you agree with Jamie and you're upset about the second season of Bridgerton that you're.
2: I didn't with. know that. Like. The Indian culture would like colonize and the English It's really interesting and really entertaining, but a little disappointing. Not
4: going to lie. Where the <laughs> hell is the Duke? Why Jamie has I, to go
0: somewhere else for a soft court for it now. It's terrible. I mean, it's there's no place court. to go for that on the Internet.
4: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, did I, the Duke I, dude quit or did they kill him off?
2: He's just not. I've seen his wife and their baby. On season two? I know two. he has a
0: name. What's the Duke dude's name? Uh.
2: His name is Reggie Jean Page. Re- <laughs> Reggie Jean Page. Is has guy. he been in anything else? I'm sure he has. I don't know. Let me look up his... Um, maybe, maybe it'll tell me where he's at. Let's you see, can I go
0: guy. find the Duke dude. Be- uh.
2: um, it's called hashtag bring back the Duke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Make here? this show fun again. Do, did you give up on Heartland? Is that still going?
2: I gave up on it because, and I'll tell you why.
0: Wow, you um, love that show. You watched did. 25 seasons of that show.
2: I did, but I qu- I quit watching it when everybody was talking about the new season. Oh, my God, you're going to cry. You're going to cry. You're going to cry. And do you know what? I just don't want to cry. And so I didn't watch it. And I've kind of quit since then because I don't want to watch the episode. that's going to make me cry. Okay, so Simon – he was Simon and Bridgerton, and he did all of the episodes there. Before that, he was – oh, man. I mean, there's so many terrible shows out there. <laughs> he was in two episodes of the TV series Fresh Meat. He was a wedding guest in Harry Potter. Fresh and Meat! How- Fresh Meat! <laughs>
0: That fits for the Duke Dude, doesn't it? There's more softcard porn right there.
2: He mm-hmm. was in a really one episode of a TV series called Casualty, Waterloo Road TV series called Spark.
0: Okay, so and my it, guess is the Duke Dude didn't do this because he had other work. Sounds like this was his big gig. It
2: shows that in post production, there's a movie called The Gray Man and also Dungeons and Dragons, which in my last no. week, very excited about that movie. The gray man. What is it? Do you know which
0: ad I am seeing endlessly on YouTube and everywhere is the movie for the for Halo?
2: Oh Oh, my
0: God! I see that ad everywhere. We watched it.
2: Did you? I fell asleep in about twelve minutes. No, just looked
0: like they. Okay, we need to make a movie. Let's make it about this video game.
2: Yeah, Chad was like, "Well, we'll watch that. Sounds good." Um, the gray man is starring Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling, Reggie Jean Page. Okay, it's and it looks like Adam Sandler's in it. When the CIA's most skilled mercenary, whose true identity is known to none, accidentally uncovers dark agency secrets, a psychopathic former colleague puts a bounty on his head, setting <laughs> off a global manhunt by international assassins. <laughs> Ooh. That's a lot going on.
0: All right, auditors, we want to hear. Chris I'll, I'll,
2: Evans.
0: I'll start Ryan a th- Gosling,
2: Billy Bob Thornton. That's going to be a huge movie.
0: I'll start a thread for what you're watching right now. So we'll start a, what are you watching thread in the auditor room? Um, so Can my.
2: Start a thread called hashtag bring back the Duke.
0: <laughs> bring back the Duke dude. So my two are the end game and ghosts. Those are my two. That's my recommendations for the week.
2: We like I said, we tried the halo thing. It's, not my it's not my God style. they're spending I a Ken ton
0: of it. money on advertising that it's been in my Facebook feed YouTube commercials just been everywhere and it just looks like they tried to make a movie about a, a video game uh, uh
2: that's that's exactly what they
0: did <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it's so popular people will watch it <clears throat> mm. what
2: Oh my gosh All right well All right, cool that's, that's we better the better
0: thing uh, All we, right. We've talked long enough We've talked longer in the post show than we did during the show
2: I know right All right Thanks, everybody. We'll see you talking about horses. Bye.